You are Locked On Falcons Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to the Locked On Falcons Postcast here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, joined by Jarvis Davis of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Unfortunately, Tanitra Batiste has her other Atlanta sports duties uh right now and so she could not join us for this locked on falcons postcast which is brought to you by linkedin jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and we thank each and every one of you guys that makes this illustrious postcast your first listen make sure you become an every dare and Subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Jarvis, this postcast is fun and festive postcast. I, I'm disappointed Tanitra will not be joining us for this one because it's been a minute since we've been able to do one that the Falcons came away with the W, a much-needed W, to take back control of the NFC South. We're going to talk, of course, about Desmond Ritter's performance in his first start since his benching coming out of the bye further on today's episode. But we got to start with what felt like sort of the key for the Falcons, which was their run game as well as the defense. And uh, Jarvis, that gives you such a golden opportunity to talk about your boy, the guy that when he plays great, you have given him credit. And when yeah. he has not played great, you have been the first to uh, take <laughs> shots at Jesse, a.k.a. Jordan, because he's the GOAT. Bates, he looked a lot like Jordan in this game uh, with a pick six, a team leading 12 tackles, forced to fumble. You know, uh, I'll just give you the floor, Jarvis, to talk about your boy. Yeah, man. Like, this one, I'm ta- that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, when you think about, like, spending that type of money, I hate to be in the man pockets, but, man, like, when he actually comes through, and he comes through, like, to, to be able to wait, because the way the game started, it, obviously it was weird. You know, like, just like, all right, here we go. You know, tip microphone not working in the pregame as he's walking out with the players. And I'm like, yep, this is probably how it's going to go for the rest of the day. And then when you saw how, how that first drive turned out, you was like, all right, man, here we go. But for him to come up big like he did and take that bad boy all the way to the house, I it is – you have to – like you said, you have to give credit what credit is due because that's what you paid him for. And that's, that's what I want to see, man, because I love seeing playmakers, man, especially when you need your guys to come up big for you. And, and I think that for them to hold, um, have the Saints but go 0 for 5 in the red zone, that's elite, man. That's elite defense. Now, granted, between the 20s, it was a little shaky. But <laughs> when, when, when it comes nut-cutting time and it's time the doggone start locking down, that's what this defense did each and every time they got down in the red zone. And, I, and kudos to Ryan Nielsen as well, because he made that, that adjustment that I felt was necessary. You saw DeMarco Helms getting a little bit more run in the first in that first half. Jeff Akuda was struggling. Hey, all right, Trey Flowers, you up. Like, and I, I love that, man. I love that. You hold these players accountable, and, and they weren't done for the game. He brought it back in later on as well. So I, I love the dynamic that's going on the defensive side of the football and, put, and the way they played today. They definitely deserve a kudos to start this bad boy off. Yeah, you're you're right, Jarvis. Uh, the Saints were moving the ball at will between the twenties. It was it, it, yes. 
really other than the first drive, I think they got a three and out, and pretty much the rest of the game, the Saints was just like, well, we're, we're getting it's just a, a race to get to the red zone. Like, can right. we get to the red exactly. zone in, in three plays, or can we get to the red zone in, in six plays? That was basically right. the rest of the game. Um, and Jesse Bates basically with his two takeaways, the pick six and the forced fumble felt like he took 14 points away from the saints and then added seven to the Falcons. And so it goes back to the conversation we had after that week one game, right? I don't know if the Falcons win this game without Jesse Bates doing the things that he did in this game. Um, I don't know. That was a difference. Big argument to be made. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if the Falcons are able to sustain the offense that they need to have without their run game. We saw this team rush for over 200 yards for the second time this year, 228 rushing yards, and you got contributions from everybody. You had the, the three-headed monster that we were glorifying th- going into the season that we just really haven't seen. We've seen it when it's been two guys, but we haven't seen all three of these guys. Bijan Robinson, 91 yards. Tyler Algier, 64 yards. Cordero Patterson, 43 yards. He even got contributions from Desmond Ritter on the ground with his legs, uh, getting 30 yards to add up for that 200-plus. And you saw it at the end of the game when the Falcons needed to uh, eat clock with what f- four minutes to go or six yeah. minutes to go, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, and just basically just march down the field and they did it. We saw it against the Vikings, and fortunately, unlike then, because of in part due to Jesse Bates making the plays that he did and, and some earlier scores, we weren't in a situation where the Saints had a, p- a possibility to be able to drive down the field and score to to take to win the game. And the Falcons essentially on that drive and basically leaned on Tyler Algier as their sort of closer, who was pretty quiet for the most part in this game up until that point, because it was mostly Bijan, it was mostly CP up until that point. But you saw this run game, and we've been talking about this the last month, where it's like this run game is slowly starting to build back up to being that sort of identity that this team was built off of, and I think they really showed it on in this game. Yeah, I, I think that uh, credit you got to give Arthur Smith some credit. I know people don't want to do that, you know, like so so soon. Like, oh, it's too soon, Jarvis. No, nah, man, like get a man credit. What credit is due? Like Bijan starting the party, and then you sprinkle in some Cordero Patterson. Oh, he catching a little fire. He catching a little heat. Let's let me give him the rock, like the jet sweep, the Cordero Patterson. I thought that was an excellent play call, and the way. CP finished that bad boy. Those are type of plays that it almost kind of like makes you think that the head coach or play caller is a former offensive lineman because the way those guys would just start to lean on the Saints players, man, you start seeing guys getting up slow and you start seeing that offensive line getting up, patting the, uh, the running back on his butt after plays. And and you see Tyler Algier out here doing a boy and arrow and everything, man. Like those are type of things that you need to see from your offense because that stuff gets everybody going. Like, we know this team can be a little suspect when it comes to pass protection, right? But when you start getting that momentum, running the football, and those guys start leaning forward, it makes everything else easier. It opens the offense up. You see the the linebackers for the Saints were biting up on play action. Why were they biting up on play action? Because they had so much success running the football. Like, and you see, even see how the Saints, they were really keying in on Desmond Ritter on, on that RPO. You saw a defensive lineman right there for the most part, for the most of the game. With other teams, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. So when you got that type of momentum going with this run game, it just opens everything. It makes things a lot a lot easier for Ritter when it comes to when they do finally drop back and throw the football. And you get to a point where, you know, you all your guys are involved, man. It's something. It says something when you get all your guys involved because 
you know, he had a tweet with CP what, it was about a couple weeks ago now. You know, hey, man, I still got it. I still got some juice, coach. Like, give it to me. Like, I don't need to get it 20 times a game or 15, 20 times a game like he did when he first came. He got here. But, like, hey, man, the man deserves to get the rock at some point. So, I, it, it's really cool to see, like, the offensive line opening up spaces for all the bats, right? Because, we you know, every guy has a different style, right? So, so for them to be able to open up space for the, for each, each running back, I feel like the offensive line was on one today, too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we, we saw CP kind of last year, if you go back to that season opening game when the Falcons were able to play a very similar style of game like this and get a lead, and, you know, of course they blew it in that game. Fortunately, history did not repeat itself this time. Uh, it was it was really CP that was sort of the thing that was kind of the MVP of that performance on offense and his sort of blend of both speed and power you know, really gave that Saints defense problems then. And then this Saints defense, even more problems uh, today. So you also got Bijan, you know, there were some issues with Bijan in the passing game, but he made it count in the end, right? Yeah. He had the the, yeah. the big catch that was uh, that touchdown pass on a, a nice throw from Desmond Ritter. And that's a perfect sort of segue to talk a little bit more in depth about Desmond Ritter, who, you know, you look at the stat sheet, you're probably not going to be that impressed with it. But I do think despite a couple of mistakes that he made in this game, you know, he had a solid performance that you wanted to see and a resilient performance. And we will get into that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons postcast. And first, guys, let's talk about LinkedIn jobs, right? They're going to help you find the right people that are going to help you reach your goals in 2023. We know that the Falcons are a struggle to reach their goals in 2023, but they took a big step today, right? Because they seemed like they found that right blend on defense and in the running game and maybe at the quarterback position. And LinkedIn jobs is going to make it so easy for you guys to find the right people, right? You know, it's going to make you find it for faster and for free. They're going to give you simple tools like screening questions to make it easy for you to focus on the candidates that have the right skills, the right experiences that are going to quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And guys, I'd also like to tell you that today's episode of this locked on Falcons postcast is sponsored by better help. And especially this time of year, you know, stress, sadness, anxiety can get to us and therapy can be that sort of bright spot that can eliminate some of that stress and, and some of that change and give you something to look forward to, something that's going to make you feel grounded, something that's going to give you the tools that you can manage everything that's going on in your life. Therapy has been very beneficial to me. BetterHelp has been very beneficial to me. One of those tools that they've helped me with is you can only control what you can control. And oftentimes I can't control whether or not the Falcons are going to play well on Sunday. And so it, it takes a, a lot of stress off of my plate and better help can help take stress off of your plate. I like better help because it's much more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And it's also designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And to get started, you just fill out a brief questionnaire. They'll get you a match with a licensed therapist. And then the great thing about better help is if you and that therapist aren't quite the right fit, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. 
by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on today and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. So Jarvis, let's talk a little bit more about Desmond Ritter and his performance today, but I do want to plug that, you know, Locked On is an innovator and an icon because they've started off the first 24-7 streaming channel on Locked On Sports Today where you guys can get all your insights into, you know, all the sports, all the leagues across the network. So search for Locked On Sports Today, their 24-7 YouTube streaming channel. So uh, it's not particularly innovative or iconic uh, with the Falcons quarterback play because it was a very up and down day for Desmond Ritter, but I felt like other than like he threw two picks in this game, he was 13 for 21, 168 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, that one touchdown was that sort of just like a I don't it wasn't a no look pass, Jarvis, but it was just kind of like a just like flip it up to, to Bijan, hit him perfectly in stride, uh, yeah. for that touchdown. You had a, two interceptions in this game. The first one was a pass to Bijan, and it looked like that was more on Bijan. I'm curious to get your thought on that. Jarvis, it looked like it was more on Bijan, not necessarily running the route to where Desmond Ritter. So Desmond Ritter put it out in front of him, went right to Tyron Matthew. The second interception, I think, was 100% on Desmond Ritter. You know, if he's trying to throw it back shoulder to Van Jefferson, he didn't throw it back shoulder. And then you question whether he should be throwing it back shoulder to Van Jefferson because he didn't necessarily have the leverage. And this has been an issue with Desmond Ritter. So certainly some 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 knocks on Desmond Ritter's performance today. Um, But it felt like a better version of Desmond. Ritter. Is that fair to say in terms of what we've seen from Desmond Ritter, especially those last couple of games just felt a little bit better in terms of just managing the game. And you could, again, it always seems like there's one or two plays that he wants back, but I'm curious what your thoughts on Desmond Ritter today. I thought he looked better. Um, specifically with, when it comes to holding on to the football, because we know that was a big problem, right? Right now we know that, Hey, Offensive line deserves their, uh, as much credit for those sacks his first time around as a starter. But um, there were some that I could probably give credit to him because he was just holding on, simply holding on to the football a little bit too long. So you didn't see that today. You saw, hey, if he felt pressure, boom, he was trying to figure out a way how he could get out. And it was one play. I was like, I don't even know how he got out of it. It was mm-hmm. one because the pocket had collapsed on him. And he just kind of ducked up out of that bad boy. Next thing you know, he – taking off for what, seven to eight yards and, and, you know, and getting the first down. So I I think that just the development and and making sure that you are getting to a point where you don't put yourself in bad situations. Now, with that being said, the pick down here in the red zone on on this end, I'm kind of looking at at the end zone where he actually threw the pick, you know, kind of overseeing it um, where where I'm sitting here in the press box. I, I really feel like, you could probably say you can give Bijan a little bit of the credit for that pick, but man, it seemed like it was a predetermined throw, right? And I know a lot of times, like when you come to anticipation and, and throws and all that stuff, but I think things change when you get down that red zone because we know that the windows are tighter. We know eyeballs are going to be on seven when you're coming out of that backfield. So, because you had a defensive lineman right there. Almost that knocked it down, and then you have about two, three guys like right there in the same little area. Then you saw Bijan trying to see if he can make his way to that little window what, that that the ball was supposed to go through, and it seemed like it was a little bit high. So yeah, I, I feel like I can't give Ritter all the credit for that one, but I, I think that you know it's a, it's a mutual agreement that hey, it was on both of them, and I feel like I always gonna lean towards the quarterback anyway in, mm-hmm. in that particular situation because like hey man. 
I understand where the ball is supposed to go. He's trying to get it there. But you got to look at what's in front of you, man. Like, pay attention to what's in front of you because that matters a lot, a lot more, especially when you're talking about being safe with the football than getting it to a certain spot. So um, for that one, I, I probably have to I lean more towards uh, Ritter, but Bijan definitely deserves a little credit. And that's kind of like the roller, the, the roller coaster, right? Because somebody tweeted me during the game, like, man, I don't like riding on this roller coaster. I was like, dude, like, like I don't know what ride you're trying to get on, but uh, like, this is it, man. You better buckle up, Jack, because, <laughs> because the Falcons are in first place right now. And that's all this organization cares about. That's all Arthur Blank cares about. That's all uh, Terry Fondo cares about. And that's damn sure all Arthur Smith cares about at this moment right now because, like, the way they were able to end the game and just turn around and hand the football off, everybody and their mama know they about to run the ball and they were able to do it. Hey, man, look, I I, I get the, the rid of the tractors, but, I like, hey, this is it. This is what it is. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if that's optimism or pessimism, but, hey, this is it. This is what the Falcons have right now. This is what they're dealing with. These are the cards they've been dealt. And barring an injury, Ritter is going to be here, folks. So let's just kind of sit at every, every Sunday at 4 o'clock. Y'all come here to the Falcons postcast, and we're just going to evaluate and see see how it rolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, you're gonna ride this roller coaster. This ain't the teacups, right? You know, this ain't. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> this, you're just gonna have to make peace with this roller coaster at this yeah, point. Yeah, make peace with it, dog. Yeah, because it. <laughs> it was it was another typical Falcons roller coaster where the self inflicted wounds. Yes. You know, we can talk about the decision to go for it on that fourth and two in the yeah. first quarter instead of kicking the long field goal. No, yeah, very cute. very cute. And you know, if the Falcons <laughs> didn't score the, the the next couple of times, you know, I'm sure we'd be talking a lot more about Arthur Smith and that decision. You had mm-hmm. that, as you said, the interception going into halftime in the red zone at the goal line, coming out of the half where they basically were not able to get points, and so that middle eight that we talk about pretty much weekly with Tory McElhaney on the the Falcons football party did not go their way. And so it felt like if the Falcons had just, you know, taken, taken advantage of those opportunities, like this would have been a cakewalk of a game. This would have been a game where they would have dropped. Again, we've talked about this before on these postcasts and on these football parties where it felt like there are so many games this year where the Falcons should have scored 30 or 40 points in the game. This was another one of those games that if this team Mm -hmm played a clean football if this wasn't a roller coaster like it is they would be dropping 30 pretty consistently and we wouldn't be having any of these conversations about is Ritter the guy or or, or, but as you say that's the hand that we have been dealt that this team is going to find a way to shoot themselves in the foot every time right they're out there on on wild wild west you know ready to draw and instead of pulling the gun out they just shoot themselves in the foot right (laughs) And so, you know, you just got to have the bandages ready, the, the, the tourniquet ready, take them to the hospital, because that's what's going to be every Sunday. This was no different. Maybe one day we will get one of these clean games, maybe. But yes. I go into every one of these games being like, they're going to find some way to ruin this. Even at the end of the game, when they're running the ball down the clock, they're up two scores. Like, well... The Saints got to score two 
two more scores in under two minutes? Well, Falcons will find some way to. <laughs> Why you like, look, I'm sitting up here. I'm like, man, watch they get a bomb right now. They so, yeah. Quick, and then it's 125, and then now they're kicking the side. I'm like, That's how it is. It's just a roller coaster. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if you know, I look, you know, we talk about better help, right? You know, if you if you need a mental health break from the Falcons, take that break, guys, because it is going to be this way every single week for this team. You got to either make peace with it or you can get off the ride. You can just get off the ride and say, I'll come back later when when, you know, the teacups is, is available. But <laughs> anything Atlanta Falcons. So, I, yeah. you know, let's let's open it up to the, the chat a little bit more. Talk a little bit more about this game. Uh, talk maybe a couple of other standout players as well. Uh, maybe Caden Ellis getting some revenge against his former team uh, as well as we uh, wrap up today's Locked on Falcons postcast. So the Falcons play a exciting brand of football, but I don't know if it's the level of excitement that we want, but you know, it's also exciting and it's an exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, not just football is price picks, right? And now that basketball season is here, you can even combine sports, football, NBA basketball, college basketball with their specials league. It allows you to combine projections with different players. You can combine like Travis Kelsey and LeBron James in terms of uh, receptions and three points made. That's one way to play it. And so if you have the skills, you can find a way to turn $10 into $250. Who who would complain about that? That's exciting, isn't it? Right. And prize picks is easy. You just pick two or more players. You pick more or less on the projected stats, and the more entries you make, the more money you make, up to 25 times your money. There's quick withdrawals. There's easy gameplay. There's an enormous selection of players and stat types that are going to make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And to play, just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy so jarvis let's open things up to the chat as you find some uh content from our, our watchers or our, our live watchers or live listeners and whatnot um you know malin malin says ritter is a master facilitator i don't i don't know if master is the word i would use but yeah. he, he did distribute the ball pretty well we got the drake london connection going in this game a, a good star for drake london a strong finish for drake london in this game, we got a little sprinkling of uh, Kyle Pitts and whatnot. We got a sprinkling of Bijan as well. So it wasn't like they were spreading the ball all around the, the, the football field like we've seen Ritter do in the past with like 10-plus guys getting the football. But, you know, he did a good job getting the ball to the guys that he needed to get to uh, in this game for this Falcon team uh, to win. Uh, another player, as I mentioned earlier, that I thought stood out in this game along with Jesse Bates on the defense side of the ball was Caden Ellis. Uh, yeah. He had a couple of breakdowns, you know, but he had a tough assignment guarding Alvin Kamara. We've seen more athletic linebackers have problems covering Alvin Kamara in this game. And you saw Caden Ellis, you know, not only do it as a coverage guy, but also as a run defender, right? Nate Lehman's yeah. typically been the guy that's been that force against the run. And Nate Lehman had a good day as well today. But I thought Caden Ellis really kind of stepped up when he needed to. He's very familiar with this team, got a little bit of revenge against this team. And you felt like, okay, well, if, you know, he's not necessarily the guy that I would say that's the guy I want covering now in Camara. But because of, you know, spending four years practicing against these guys, like it felt like he knew a little bit to, to sort of overcome some of that matchup 
disparity. What what were your thoughts on on Caden Ellis as well as other standouts in this game? He was one of the guys that really stood out to me from from the jump, right outside of uh, Mr. Third. You know, I ain't gonna call him what you called him earlier. <laughs> Y'all can go ahead and check the replay on that one. Aaron was on one today, but anyway, but yeah, Caden Ellis, man, I thought he he, he did a, a really good solid job. Like you know, I know the athletic ability has been in question with this group of linebackers specifically. But, you know, you got to give Ellis a little bit more credit for what credit's due because there were some plays he made today. I was just like, okay, like, that's some athletic ability right there. He's not the best, the most athletic, but he is a little bit more athletic than he gets credit for. So I, I think that, you know, Ellis had a solid game. Another guy who was playing against his former team, David Onyemata, like the way he punched that football out on Derek Carr, man, like, like those type of plays that you look for, those type of plays that you want your defense making on a consistent basis because even though they didn't recover it, it's, that's, it just kind of goes to show like the mindset of this defense um, today. And like you said, to go, I, I will reiterate it again, if you, for those you missed it, 0 for 5 in the red zone today, defense. You know, like regardless of what was going on on the offensive side of the football, whether it be a turnover or two picks, whatever, and all that stuff. Yeah, like they held them to field goals because that's a, that's a really good thing if you're doing that on a consistent basis. Regardless of what happens between the 20s, they were continuing to just fight and fight and fight and fight. And I think that that was that was a, a, a beautiful thing to see, man. You know, so Caden Ellis and David Onyemata, shout out to you guys, you know, going up against your former team and, hey, showing them, showing them what's, what it's worth. It was, it was also nice to see Arnold Piquetti get a sack today. Going up against, uh, uh, I think, a backup that came in the game for like a series for Ryan Ramjack. And it's like, <laughs> these are the guys you got to beat, man. Like, you know, yes. like, you know, yes. like, because beating yes. Ryan Ramjack is a problem. Like, he, that, that dude, he's really good. He's one of the best right tackles in the league. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get like, you get one opportunity to, to get a break from that guy. And yeah. Arnold Bacchetti went out there and made the play. And I was like, okay, it's nice to see you, AK. It's nice yeah. to see you. Uh, for a guy you know, like, to be able to do it like that, though, man, like, and that's the thing that people kill me sometimes when people, you know, when folks say they're evaluating or looking at guys, like there's not too many opportunities you're going to get where a guy is supposed to be the guy and they actually do it because it's the NFL, right? Like guys have good days, guys have bad days. So for, you know, this coming down the stretch in the second half of the season, you know, I said, like, let's see on the FK to get put in some third and long situations. Like I don't care about first and second down, like, I'll let Ryan Nielsen figure that out. Or what is he? Is he a linebacker, a stand-up linebacker? Is he an edge guy? Like, I don't care. Third and long pass situations. I want to see 17 in the game and for him to come in. And I'm like, he that was he beat him clean. Like a dude didn't even touch him. And I'm talking about dipping ribbon got up under there, man, and put the quarterback on the ground. Like, yeah, man, that was that was that's the type of stuff that you like to see. You know, I even tweeted out the little Will Smith. Joint when he was on bad boys, and now that's how you drive. Like, that's how you rush the dog on passer. Like, yeah. that's what you do, man. Like, yeah. that's the type of stuff that got me a little fired up today, man, in a good way. Like, you know, so most of the time I'm getting fired up in a bad way, because but I'm making peace with it. I'm riding this roller coaster, man. So, and I'm pointing out stuff that the, all a lot of the good stuff, I still point out the bad stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna get upset about it, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, man, it was good to see AK out there, you know, team sack leader, you know, AK, you know, like. Getting going out there and getting to him, man. Yeah, definitely. So, Jarvis, let's let's wrap up talking about something that isn't football related that was going on in the stadium. People watching know, you know, I'm not there at Mercedes Benz Stadium, but you were. So, yeah. you know, I got my my hip hop shirt, my my Biggie shirt 
ready okay. to go on screen. Uh, he yeah. wasn't there, you know. I'm surprised. No, he wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let let the people know, you know, how the how did the fifty years of hip hop uh, go, you know, in this game? You kind of alluded to it, didn't get off to the the, the best start uh, in this yeah, game. Yeah, but... man, it was a little slow because you know, like I had heard that. You know, 1230, uh, Desmond Ritter's at the podium got a very nice starter jacket, by the way. It's very solid. I wouldn't mind having that in 3X, sir. I need you to send me that way. But anyway, but yeah, man, like it started off slow because I heard that, you know, the performance was supposed to be at 1230. And then, you know, everybody brought out, came out on the field about 1245-ish. I'm like, all right. And then all the rappers, they showed everybody. Like it was just, I can't even name all of them. It was everybody who made a song. And people liked it in the past 30 years that was from Atlanta. They were there, you know. <laughs> you know, probably not future. You know, of course, Andre 3000 was there. You know, the money ain't big enough for him to be there. But, you know, like, to, just to see them out on the field all together. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, who had heard, overheard a couple of things. Like, hey, certain guys had to be placed in certain spots because mm-hmm. certain guys don't mess with guys. And I said, you know. You don't got to tell me who it was. I know Jody Breeze probably don't mess with 80% of the people who were out there on the field. But, but yeah, when so when the team started to come out, uh, Tip was uh, he was in front of them. You know, he had the microphone going about getting ready to perform. His mouth was moving, but, you know, nothing was coming out. And then all you just heard was the track playing. I'm just like, I know he wasn't about to be rapping to a track. But, you know, so he had the microphone issues, and they still continued for a little bit. But, it started to pick up because Bone Crusher uh, performed, you know, at the end of the quarter, and you know that was great. So he and then Jesus performed at halftime, you know that was great. So yeah, it was it's, it picked up after that, but it started off very slow. And I was just like, man, I hope it's not a precursor to what's going to happen in the game today. It was kind of was a little bit, but but you know, as the game went along, you know, the the, the, the performances got better, and as the game went along, the Falcons got a little bit better. So yeah, man, it all worked out. Okay. All right. So hip hop, slow starter, but finishes strong, just like the Atlanta Falcons. We will end it on that note, guys. We always, as usual, appreciate everybody that tunes into these postcasts. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with Tori McElhaney, Tanitra Batiste, as well as Jarvis and myself for uh, Atlanta football party, talking more about this game. And of course, you can find more insight, not only to this game, as well as all of Atlanta sports with Jarvis, all week long on Locked On Sports Atlanta. And of course, we'll be breaking down this game and more with the Atlanta Falcons all week long on Locked On Falcons. Continue to make us your first listen. It's all part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.